Welcome to the Marian Message presented by the Mosaic of Marian podcast. Each week we'll hear God's Word explored by Dr. Henry M. Meadows Jr. as he preaches from the pulpit of Marian Baptist Church in Chatham, Virginia. We pray that this message will be a blessing and further your walk with God. Let's join him now. Hey, turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, continuing on in this series and in chapter 11. And what, man, it is just tremendous. Today I want to ask you a question. Do you have crazy faith? Could your faith that you have be described as something crazy? Have you ever done anything that people thought you were crazy for God? Let's not just say people think you're crazy because most of us would say yes to that. But about God. Years ago, Philip and Stephen, their mom and dad felt the call to go on mission. They felt called to go across the United States to New Mexico and Oklahoma and all those places to minister. People were like, what are you thinking? you got all these kids. What are you doing? How crazy, here's the word, how crazy is that that you would do that? Look at the legacy of faith from that family. We're going to look at today a guy that I believe gets not the love he should get when it comes to obedience. Noah. And I want to point that out. Why? Now, we, you, you know the story of the, the flood and you know the story of the ark. But I want to talk about something that went into it and some things that God talked to him about. Let's stand at the reading of God's Word. Hebrews chapter 11, one verse. Hey, while you're there, you can go ahead and put whatever you got on Genesis chapter 6. We're going to reference that quite a bit. That tells a whole story. So we're going to read just here, and then, but we'll be in Genesis 6 a lot too. Here's what it says. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen... In reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Father, help us like Noah when you call us to build an ark to have crazy faith to follow through. In the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. We're going to look quickly at this truth. And I want you to see some things about this whole process and what might happen when you're called to build your ark. Some of you, by the way, I'm not being literal. All right? I don't think he's going to call you to build an ark. He said he won't ever destroy the world by flood again. But maybe there is something being, but there's got to be something about you before he would call you to do that. We're going to look at a lot of that today. First, I want you to see as we're looking at this crazy faith, it came as a result of an unthinkable warning. This crazy faith came as a result of an unthinkable warning. Notice what the Bible says right here. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen. 
Now, that word warned there means to utter an oracle. It means he was told. And I love the second part of this, what it literally means. Here's what that word warned means. Divinely intimate. So God spoke to Noah at some point and in some way he met with him and Noah and God were divinely intimate. I wonder how many of us in our relationship today could be said to be divinely intimate with God the Father. I wonder when was the last time, well let's just go this route, when was the last time you met with God? Not you talked to your kids about the Father, not you talked to your other ones about Jesus. I'm asking you, when was the last time you sat down and met with God? And said, just like Eli, that backslidden high priest of the time, told Samuel when Samuel was hearing God call but didn't understand it, when you just said, here am I, Lord, speak, your servant listens. I can imagine the things running through your head right now. Well, well, Pastor Hank, you you don't understand. I'm so busy. I have to get up and I've got to go do this and I've got to go do that and I've got to go do this and I've got to... So that takes precedence over meeting with the God of all creation. We wonder why we're not more ahead in our walk with God and our desires of God and anything with God, and yet we never spend time in the very presence of Him being divinely intimate with Him. Because here's what I promise you. The more you are divinely intimate with God the Father, the closer your walk is going to be with Him. See, some of us, we want the walk, quote, unquote, but we refuse to spend the time. And yet when God, the Bible teaches us that when God is going to do something, so often he tells his friends. And I believe it's the ones that are divinely intimate. You don't believe it? Do you know that God told Abraham when he was about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah? The writer of Psalms says he tells his secrets to his friends. But we don't want to hear about judgment today, do we? All, I believe the church, and not this church, but the church in general, all we want to hear about is just tell me how good I am, tell me how much God loves me, and let's go on. That's not what you need to know. And I, but I'm going to prove to you today, see, most people, we would take this warning and we would say, man, the flood was just God's judgment I believe it was one of the greatest pictures of God's grace also. Now, I'm going to get there. I hope that whets your appetite for what's to come. Because some of you are going, wait a minute. He destroyed everything on the earth. Let me make this statement up front. Preacher, do you think the flood actually occurred? Yes. Preacher, do you think it was worldwide? Yes. Preacher, do you think it covered all the mountains and all that? Yes. Okay, so let's just get that out of the way. I believe it. Now let's go on talking about this. So go back to Genesis. Here's what he warned him about. Go back to Genesis now, chapter 6. And look at verse 17. Genesis 6, verse 17. Here's the warning. For behold... I will bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh in which is the breath breath of life under heaven. Everything that is on the earth 
shall die. There's the warning. But in the midst of that warning, God proved his grace. We're going to see that. So this is a picture of God's judgment. People don't like to hear about judgment. But can, can you imagine it when he, when he first told God or, or when, he, I'm sorry, when he, God first told Noah, what was his response? I mean, at some point you feel like he probably was like, but we live in a desert. Where's all the water going to come from? Coming down from <laughs> from the heavens as we speak. What a great what great timing! All you guys should have seen your faces up here. I mean, you guys are going. All of a sudden, all you guys are going and looking up. You zoned out on me there for a second, so I might as well just use that time to say, "Yes, it's raining." You, I mean, y'all were hilarious right then. If I could have got a picture of all your faces going, wait a minute, is he doing it again? He promised us. He would never destroy it by water again, by flood. So we're good. Just might be, you might get a little wet going to your car later on or whatever. But anyway, so, can, but what we read is none of that questioning. That would be an us truth. What has he called you to do in your life? And you began to question immediately. God, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think I could teach that class because, well, I, 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 I'm, not, I'm, not a, I'm not a teacher, and so I, I don't think I could. He doesn't need your ability. Hello? He, he doesn't need your ability. See, it's not about you. He just needs you to be available that he can pour into. Because let me, let me give you what we think. This sounds so biblical, doesn't it? This is a great biblical thing. That's nothing but a lie from the pit. You know, God helps those who helps themselves. No, he doesn't. Stand up and throw your Bible at me if you can give me a different a verse that supports that. Here's what the Bible does teach in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. When I am weak, then he is strong. His power is shown in my weakness. If you can do it, he doesn't need to help you. It's when you flat cannot do it that he'll show up and he'll show off. And in the words of the day, he'll show out. He'll show you how strong it is. But most of us, we want to question. We want to argue. We want to ignore it. That's a good thing. We're, we're, we're going to just go at, back at God like he could not. I mean, come on. Noah could have said, God, I'm in the desert. God, it's never, we think that it's Scripture will teach, it's never rained on the earth. What are you talking about? Where is this water coming from? No. Here's what Noah did. God tells him all this, and look at verse 22 of chapter 6. Noah did all he commanded. And let me tell you how Noah did it. Go back to Hebrews chapter 11, the first two words that I read to you of today. Hebrews eleven seven by faith. Now you may say, well, what is faith? Well, if you go back to Hebrews 11, 1, it tells us exactly, man, this is a great picture of Noah. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Bro, you're not going to build an ark in a desert when there's never been rain if you're not convicted that there's going to be an actual flood. How many of us have opened up our hearts in obedience 
to God like Noah did. This was his major assignment of his life, to build an ark. Can I ask you, what's your major assignment? And here's what I would say, each of us have one. You may say, well, wait a minute. What what, what do you mean we we all have something to do for the kingdom that God's called and made you specifically for? May not be to preach, may not be the deacon, but it may just be cleaning toilets. See, we would look at that and go, are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you. You have an assignment. I'm going to talk more about that in just a few minutes too. So we have this unthinkable warning of a flood in a desert when there's never been such thing as rain. Well, that leads to an undeniable faith. Notice how God described Noah. Go, go back now to Genesis. We're now in Genesis 6. Just notice what, what happened. And this is why I say this story is more about the grace of God than it is about the judgment. Oh, it, the judgment of God is there. But the grace of God is powerfully shown in this, and I'm going to show you. The Lord, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. That word favor there, it means kindness and grace. Noah found grace. You know, that's what starts salvation is the grace of God. Hello? Not by works, lest any man should boast. Flip over. Flip over to Titus chapter 2. Go to Titus chapter 2. Now, we have so much more than what he had. Now, salvation starts not with our works, but the grace of God. It wasn't all that Noah did. I'm going to describe how God described Noah. Keep on in just a minute. It was the grace of God, and that's what this story is all about. God's grace. He offered his grace to Noah, and Noah responded by faith. But what is grace? And for you and I, we have more. Listen to Titus chapter 2. For the grace of God has appeared. By the way, that's another name for Jesus. The grace of God. Appear bringing salvation for all people. Training us. That word, we get our word pedagogy from that. It's how you should begin to understand. But if you're not divinely intimate with God, he cannot train you in what he wants you to know. If you're not spending time with him in his word, in time in prayer, if you're not spending time just thinking about what God has for you, what and how can he ever train you to be all he wants you to be and can empower you to be? He's he's training us to do this, renounce. That's a purposeful action to disown ungodliness and worldly passions. He said, I want to train you how to say no. I, I, I talked to the youth this morning, and one thing we, we talked about, thy will be done. And we talked about this, why it should not be our will be done. Let me give you the definitions of what some of our youth, y'all didn't know I was going to use y'all in the sermon today. Here, I said, y'all tell me, if you were to describe human mankind, I almost said humankind, but mankind, give me some words to describe it. Here was their def. this is our teenagers, poisonous. Crazy, dumb, sinful, 
selfish. I mean, you're talking about hitting the nail on the head. And, and we, so we talked about why we shouldn't be able to figure out our own will. And here's what they said. Because our will leads us away from God. Oh, I love this one said this. And when we get our will, it buries our happiness. See, y'all think they're a bunch of dumb teenagers. I think they're the future of this church. I, I, when I deal with them, and you can ask him, I seek to lift them up. And I say, I set the standard up here. I don't just dismiss them with a sleight of hand. Because God is working in that youth group. But he's showing, so it teaches us what not to do. But then again, it teaches us what to do. To live self-controlled, upright, and godly. Don't, wouldn't you agree we need some of that? Hello? Hello? Don't we need some of that? See, most of us would say this. We really need our teenagers to hear that. No, no, no. We really need our adults to hear that. How many of us are really self-controlled in our life? In our words, in our actions, just in our life. How many are striving to live godly? See, you can be all pious and think you're better than everybody else, but if you're not striving to be godly and divinely intimate with God, why are you thinking that of yourself? You can tell you why? Look at, listen to the definitions again of what they said about mankind. Poisonous. Selfish. Sinful. Dumb and crazy. So, so he goes on. And he tells us that. And then, so you can go Ephesians chapter 2. I'm not going to deal with that. Roman, there's a couple of verses you can look up. Romans 11, 6, Ephesians 2, 8, you can look that up. Then back, go back to Genesis 6. Let me finish up describing how God talked about him. Now, before you think it, it was not because of how he lived that God showed grace to him. God showed grace to him, and then by faith, Noah accepted it and began to live this way. Noah, verse 9, was a righteous man. In the King James, that means just. It means he was lawful and it was righteous. He was striving to live according to the way that God intimately talked to him about and met with him about. And then it says that he was blameless. That means perfect. In other words, he had integrity. He walked in truth. He was not perfect, but based upon what he knew, as God revealed himself divinely, intimately with him, he walked in it. You, you do know Noah was a sinner just like us, but he knew God. And then look at what next week says about it. Noah walked with God. That's what you find why all these Old Testament guys were so powerful they walked with God. It means their manner of lifestyle was one and such that they would walk with God and they would, I, I'm going to say this a whole lot more, they divinely intimate with him that they could hear him and he spoke to them. And here's what he does. Now flip over to Jude. Go to the book of the Revelation and hang a left. 
Jude, in verse, here's why you do this. Because this is why you, you strive to understand the grace of God. And then from that grace, you begin to walk like he calls us to walk because it affects all of your life. So that one day when you get to heaven, you'll do this. Now to him, this is verse 24. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling, to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. That's why you walk with him. That's why you understand the grace. That's why you go that route. I don't want to get to heaven by the skin of my teeth. You know why? If I get to heaven by the skin of my teeth, I'm not getting to heaven. You don't get to heaven by the skin of your teeth. You get to heaven by the blood of the lamb. I hear people say, I just want to get to heaven by the skin of my teeth. What are you, crazy? Man, I don't want to get to heaven by the skin of my teeth. I want to roll up in heaven, man, and be, I want to just be preaching the gospel. I've told you all before, I want to die and make it a point. And get froze like that so the, the funeral home can't get me straight. I'm up in, the, up in the casket like that. Just dig the hole and throw me down. I don't care. Or sharing the gospel. I laugh and asked the teenagers this morning as I was with them. I said, what would y'all do if I fell dead right now? Their eyes <laughs> got that big. Don't. That was their answer. I'm like, well, I'm not in charge of it. If I do, I said, are y'all going to miss me? Bryson answered before anybody else with a very quick, yes. <laughs> Way to go, Bryson. Totally lost my thought. Let's look at the next part. Here's the next part of the undeniable faith. Notice how he reacted. All right, now, I told you, we're going everywhere today. But back in Hebrews chapter 11, notice how he reacted. So here's what it says. He was being warned by God concerning events yet unseen in reverent fear. That literally means with deep concern and spiritual devotion. Can I ask you a question? You ought to write this down. If you're taking notes, write this down. How do I respond when God calls me to something. How do I respond? I talked about earlier that most of us will, will argue with God, will ignore God, or will we'll, uh, question God. How many of us respond with reverent fear? Just saying, God, thank you. God, I, I don't know how I'm going to do it. But if you've called me to the task, you'll supply all my needs. You'll supply everything I, I need in this. I mean, do y'all understand how big the boat was? Michael Jordan's big old luxury yacht got nothing on this ark now this ark may not have been as pretty but it was much more purposeful about five football fields long three stories and some high it was huge question we know that god found favor in noah because he showed him grace and he responded in faith. Why did he know Noah would do this? 
Luke 16. Luke 16. Look down at verse 10. One who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. One who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. See, I don't know what God had called Noah to prior to building the ark. But here's what I do know. He had called him to some things. Somebody's little child looking for them. Mr. Griggs, there you go. <laughs> Found mama. What? Are you, are you, are you with me? Are you faithful? See, most of us, we just want the grand prize off the jump. God says, have you been faithful in the small things? Have you done anything within the church that I've called you to? Have you strove, is that a word? To live, I'm calling it a word. The life that I've called you to. Have you been active? And I want to tell you something. It goes in everything. I was watching the, um, this lady who, who was giving her testimony um, this week at another church. And, and here she said, well, when I first came to know Jesus and I first came to this church and I, I wanted to become active. Number one, amen. Amen. I, I, I honestly believe some people believe that the Great Commission is now please be seated. But listen to this, listen to this, what happened. So I began to sing in the choir. That's all she did. She just sang in the choir. So it went from singing in the choir to then she said, they, they, they came to me and asked, and then I volunteered to teach in our children's department. And let me just say this. We need some people to teach in our children's department. You just look around at all you men and women in this church and throw in 8.30 and the ones not here. We should not have to beg. That's pitiful. You want God to call you to build an ark and you won't even do a small thing. Like teach some kids. So she began to teach in the children's department. Then God called her to write a book. Now, most of us, and she wrote it about her journey and in the church and all that, most of us just want to write the book. We don't want to follow those steps. See, we want to be the headliner. God's word says, when you're faithful in a little, then I'll make you faithful in a lot. I firmly believe there's an ark for everybody that's a believer to build. But I don't believe you're going to get an opportunity until you figure out how to do the little things. Singing in the choir. See, some of you won't sing in the choir because you have to get here. We have choir practice at 445 on a Sunday afternoon. Because some of us think, well, I've given my time. I've given the Lord an hour. Really? Well, do tell. 
What is God calling you to? And do you respond in reverent fear? And then here, listen, he was faithful in those small things. I I wrote this down. I said, I believe Noah reigned supreme in his obedience. Do you know that Noah stayed at it for 120 years? I'm just being honest with you, man. I go six months and we don't use those baptismal waters because we've led somebody to Jesus. I'm going bonkers. Noah went 120 years and only led seven people to Jesus. He only got seven in the ark. And that was his wife, his three sons, and their wives. Notice this. Go to 2 Peter. Hear what he said. Well, let me stay, no, don't go to 2 Peter. Hold on. Did you catch it when I read this? By this he condemned the world. How did Noah condemn the world? Well, here's how. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. If he did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a herald of righteousness with seven others when he brought the, a flood upon the world. He was a herald of You know what Noah was? See, we think he was just a, 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 a carpenter. He probably was a gardener, but he was a carpenter that built an ark. Do you realize that he preached the entire time he built that ark? Yeah, every time he did, every little thing of pitch he put on there, every nail he drove, all how he fitted all that stuff together, all that is true. That was preaching. But I believe the Bible says he was a herald of righteousness. I believe every time he'd be working in the mornings and he'd be getting that art going or whatever he was part on, and then he'd get a crowd would come. I can see him turn around and go, hey, guys, I'm telling you, I'm building this thing, man, and God's going to destroy this world, and, and I don't know when, but when I get this finished and God's going to close us in, he's going to destroy the world. Won't you come with me in this ark? God will save us. And they would just look and mock him and make fun of him. You, you, think, to, you think today's days are evil? You do realize that on the face of the earth at that point, it was Noah. The Bible says in the beginning of Genesis chapter 6, somewhere around verse 5, that every thought and intent of the heart was only continually evil. They looked for ways to be more perverse. I mean, I believe we're headed that way. But, But wait, Noah was the only dude. Look who we have. We have each other. I love, you know what the Bible says? Hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. You know who the church is, right? It's you. It's not these walls. It's not, wouldn't that be silly? God called the Holy Spirit. You, you see that wall over there? I want you to go tell it what to do. No, he tells the church, which is you and I. And by the way, can I just throw this out? Here's what I do believe. Judgment is coming. Now, you cannot agree with that, Ms. Linda. You, you don't got to agree with that. Because we don't like to think about judgment. We want to think about God. He's a God of love. He don't care what I do. I'm going to live however way, and he's just going to forgive me. Keep thinking that. And when he preached, what do you think he preached about, too? 
Maybe he said something like this. You guys remember our, some of our great, great, great granddaddies? Remember Cain and Abel? They came one day. And God accepted Abel's and he didn't accept Cain's. Guys, you got to come God's way. Or Romans chapter 1, verse 20, he could have said, do you just see how the sun comes up every day in the same place? And it sets in the same place? And you see how our seasons change and things grow? God's real, y'all. And he's going to judge us for how we act. Lastly, and he did all this based on an unchanging promise. He did all this. Noah did all this back in in Genesis 6. Noah did all this based on the promise of God that he was going to save him. And we read that Noah did this. He did all God commanded. He did all that Noah would left, those who wouldn't God, all that God commanded him. Noah was obedient. And he had very little of the light of Scripture that we had, if any. Yet how could Noah be so obedient And have such dim light because he was divinely intimate. But you and I, I mean, just I just wrote these now. Don't we have don't we have better light today? We have things like these promises we can build our life on. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We have this one that says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. We got this one that says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We have, he made him to be sin so that those who were sin could have his righteousness in them. You see all these promises that we have? We still have the rainbow today. God's promises are always there. And here's, I believe, the greatest promise. Well, not the greatest. But here's one you can hang your hat on to. He who is in my Father's hands, who can snatch them out. That means when you fall, you don't fall out of the ark. We read nowhere that Noah fell out the ark and had to swim back. I bet you money he fell in the ark. Here's my question today. What kind of crazy faith is God calling you to? What kind of crazy faith? First off, is he calling you to faith in him? Is he calling you to hear the word and respond in faith, saying, I know I'm a sinner. I understand that, but how God could love me. I don't know how he does it, but it's God's grace. Oh, and by the way, I told you I was going to tell you this too, how this is a picture of grace, that you know God went for 120 years and did not destroy the world. In his foreknowledge, he knew nobody but those eight were going to be in that boat, yet he gave grace. For 120 years. Why hadn't God judged America for how we act? His grace. Hello? Because he's looking for some other old soul to come to him in saving faith. 
Grace is so amazing that you sitting here today, if you would say this in your heart, that I know I'm a sinner and I can't go to heaven without you, Jesus, and today I want to come to know you. Did you know that today you could have grace poured out? And by the way, you may say, well, I, was, I came here looking for God. No, 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 you didn't. God was looking for you. He began to draw you so that then you would look for him. Here's how grace works. God demonstrated his love towards us in that while we were still yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. That's grace. You're, you're wondering today, how can I come? Preacher, you don't know what I've done. It doesn't matter what you've done. Do you understand if somebody outside of Noah's family had to say, um, could, could I come in the ark? Before God shut the door, they could have came in the ark. God controls it. Today, by faith, was he called? So he may be calling some of you to salvation, but how about this? Maybe you're already saved, but you've been living backslidden. Calling you to get right. By the way, Jesus is right where you left him to. He's waiting for you to come back. <clears throat> but some of you, you know deep in your heart he's calling you to build an ark. There's something he's called you to that would be just crazy. But you really firmly believe God's in it. See, I believe some of you guys are called to be pastors. I believe some of you guys and girls are called to be missionaries and Sunday school teachers. I believe you're just called to do things great for the kingdom. Be in the ministry. Will you be as obedient as Noah and have crazy faith? Thanks for listening to the Marian message presented by the Mosaic of Marian podcast. If you would like to know more, you can reach us on our Facebook page or on our website, www.marianbcva.com.